we doing today? Almost forgot my Bible down there. Well, welcome, welcome, welcome. Where did Faith go? Did she go out to get a breather? Powerful worship. My goodness, huh? Thought, wow. Wow. All right, well, a couple uh, things. Um, this coming Friday is our food ministry setup, and this coming Saturday is our food ministry outreach. So if you're able to come to help them set up, they do that on Friday, really between 1 and 4. And then on Saturday, uh, we gather about 9.30. Actually, we've been having people, a lot of people before 9.30 show up. But if you'd love to come and serve people, serving food, helping outdoor, we're getting a lot of kids, so we always have some little toy for the kids. But then uh, Stephen had mentioned after service today, I believe they picked up some food yesterday. They have a bunch of the Trader Joe's salads. Not right now. <laughs> She's thinking that that's, you know, but after service and some things. So uh, take advantage of that. And then um, we have a fifth Sunday month, which is uh, the kids will be in on the fifth Sunday. But it's always great on a fifth Sunday since we come together to have a potluck. That's a, am I the only one that sounds like they're ready to eat? Okay. So I'm going to um, choose John and Kathy right here. They've got to do the enchiladas. My son always mentions that before. So potluck, think of something that you want to cook, you want to bring on the fifth Sunday. So that'll be at the end of, of April as well, too. All right, well, let me read two verses for our tithes and offerings today. This is Psalm 24, verses 1 and 2. Psalm 23 is uh, that the Lord is my shepherd. 24 says this. The earth is the Lord's, and all its fullness, the world and those who dwell therein. So we can almost say, you know what, everything's his, right? He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. The Lord says, the silver and the gold are mine. For he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the waters. The earth is the Lord's. So in our, our giving today to remember Really what we do in giving is we give it back to him. It's all his. But he continues to give and to give and to give. So as we do each and every week, we're going to put a prayer up on the screen. And would you pray this individually, right? Just from, from you, your heart, uh, to your Father God. Let's pray this together. As I give in today's offering, Jesus, you are Lord over my life. And I will be a faithful servant to you. Guide me and direct my heart today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And if you're giving today, uh, there is an envelope in the seat back pocket that you can place in the offering slot that's on the wall by the sound booth. As you exit, you can go to our website, hillschurcharcadia.org. You can give online or you can give by mail. Also out in, oh, I meant to throw up a picture too. Uh, out in our uh, foyer are the cards that we have out. Um, Jesus at the door that we hand out at our food ministry. We always have them out. This was actually Friday night. I went to get a haircut, and uh, I've given this to the lady that cuts my hair, and she had them up on her board. She's a believer. And uh, I asked, I saw, I walked in there, I'm like, oh, I got to get a picture of that. And she says, oh, you'd be surprised the amount of people that go up and they read it because they can't see it right away. So grab these and have them on you to hand them out. Uh, I keep them in my Bible, I have them in my truck, I have them around, but these also that are out there have the date of our food outreach. I wanted to mention that as well too. Well, 
If you have your Bibles, if you have your uh, phone, if you have a tablet, if you've got your memory, <laughs> or it'll be on the screens, you can turn to John chapter 21. John chapter 21. And let me mention this too. Download, go to our website, hillschurcharcadia.org. Download today's notes. We don't get through all of the scriptures, but um, we've been adding in a section at the end called, As for Me and My House, just some questions that you can use. Maybe you have breakfast together in the morning before everybody rushes out or dinner, or maybe at work. Just a few questions to go back over some of these verses as the Lord speaks again to all of us today. But John chapter uh, 21, in fact, let me read John 20, and this is verse 30 and 31. John 20, verse 30 and 31. John writes this, And truly Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciple, which are not written in the book, but these are written that you may believe. That Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. If you read the last two verses of John 21, John says, if everything was written down what Jesus did, what they eyewitnessed, we wouldn't have the books to be able to get them. Now, with all of our gigabytes and trigabytes and all the other bytes, 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 obviously they could because Jesus' ministry was about three and a half years. But here's what we have. We have what the Holy Spirit wanted us to know. Right? We have, and many times we don't know what's in here. We have what he wants us to know. And so John reminds us of those things. And so even after Jesus' resurrection, what we like to name showing himself, really proving himself to them, they seem powerless. That's pretty amazing. He's showing himself, showing his marks, they seem powerless. Well, that brings us to John 21, and I, I want to read um, verse 14 of these verses, John 21. Listen to these words. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias, and in this way he showed himself. Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee. Anybody know who that is? The sons of Zebedee? That's James and John, right? Sons of Zebedee. And two other of his disciples were together. Now, if I were to add that up really quick, that's seven of them, right? So there's seven of them together. We, um, now notice what it says, Simon said to them, I am going fishing. And they said to him, we are going with you also. They went out and immediately got into the boat. And that night, they caught nothing. But when the morning had now come, Jesus stood on the shore. Yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Then Jesus said to them, Children, have you any food? And they answered him, No. And he said to them, Cast the net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. So they cast, and now they were not able to draw it in because of the multitude of fish. Therefore, the disciple whom Jesus loved. 
We, we looked at that. Who is that? That's John, right? The Holy Spirit lets him keep that in there. The disciple that Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. Now, when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for he had removed it, and plunged into the sea. But the other disciples came in the little boat, for they were not far from the land, but about 200 cubits, dragging the net with fish. Then as soon as they had come to land, they saw a fire of coals there, and fish laid on it, and bread. And Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish which you have just caught. Simon Peter went and dragged the net to land full of large fish, 153. And although there were so many, the net was not broken. And Jesus said to them, Come and eat breakfast. Yet none of the disciples dared to ask him, Who are you? knowing that it was the Lord. Jesus then came and took the bread, gave it to them, and likewise the fish. This is now the third time Jesus showed himself to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. So Father, as we look into these scriptures today, we pray that your Holy Spirit looks into us. Lord, we thank you that we too, many times, Jesus is right there waiting on us to respond. And we respond today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So the three words that hit me, after these things, after these things, Easter's over. Notice I didn't wear a tie today. <laughs> that was Easter. There's no photo booth outside. How many of you got a good photo of yourself that's kind of cute and funny? There's no hot bagels that are out there. Uh, there's no egg hunt for the kids. Easter's over. How many of you were tired Monday? Maybe Monday you were like, whew, man, I was tired. We put that away. Well, I, I wonder, Jesus has appeared. The disciples have heard some things. It's been probably about a week. We read in this verse here that he's already showed himself three times to the disciples, right? Three times to the disciples. But we read again, I want to read in verses 4 through 8, just for us again to capture these events and it says but when the morning had now come Jesus stood on the shore yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus now um, I want to look at this story today and I want to mention what I really believe is taking place in this story that the disciples uh, of Jesus which we know are the apostles and he referred to them that even in the gospels they had walked away. We know Peter, James, and John walked away from the fishing business. We know that Matthew was a tax collector. Um, we know that though Luke wasn't a disciple, Luke was a doctor, right? Luke, his profession was a doctor. So we know that people walked away. We know there were others that were following that probably had walked away at one point or another. And they were all believing. In fact, I think it all came to a head on Palm Sunday that, boy, this is it now. Jesus is going to come in. He's going to have his kingdom. And yet all of a sudden, here they are. What happened? What's happening now? What do I do in life? Where do I go? And we read, Peter's the always one. He's always one that says something, right? I'm going to go fishing. Now, back in those times, you fished really three ways. 
you threw a net from the shore. We read, uh, you, you can read earlier that Peter takes a fishing pole and a hook and he catches a fish that has coin in its mouth so they can pay their taxes. So we know they used hooks. Or you go out on a boat with a bigger net to catch a lot of fish. I've always looked at this and thought that they're discouraged. But you think, wait a minute, Jesus has appeared to them, we read this now, three times. You can read earlier, Jesus appeared to them and Thomas was there and he showed himself. He said, handle me. Because he's still forever, we talked about that last week, will have the nails in his hands and his feet in his side. I thought of an interesting one I do want to find in heaven. How many of you have a favorite Bible character that you know that after you meet Jesus and loved ones, you have a favorite Bible character that you want to meet in heaven? Some of you don't. Some of you are like, I don't even know any of the characters. No. You Tell somebody next to you. Who's it going to be? Tell somebody right next to you. Who are you going to go to? I thought of this. What about the thief on the cross? You ever thought about him? You know, here's a guy that got nailed to the cross right with Jesus, but he has no nail scars. His legs were broken. Yet, Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise, because he believed. That's it. He's an interesting one. There's all different interesting ones, but after these things, it really appears to me like these guys are discouraged. They don't know, like, what are the next steps? Where do we go? And what happens sometimes is we think, let's just go back to what we know. We know how to fish. Evidently not, because you're not catching anything, right? That's not a good fisherman. You're not catching a thing. Peter, though, when we look at Peter, it's interesting that Jesus is going to say these words in verse 5. And the word is, he's going to say, children, have you any food? Right? Children. You don't say that to adults, do you? Hey, you child. No, that's fighting words, isn't it? That's like, you don't, you don't say that. Children, do you have any food? And they answered him, no. And he said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. Now, They've lived with Jesus three and a half years. Do you think they know his voice? Do you think that Jesus calling, they should have known their voice? How many of you can remember that when you had a, a, a young child and they were on the playground and there's all these kids that you could hear your child's voice? You could pick out that voice. If you heard a cry, you knew it was your, your child's cry. You, you knew their voice. They evidently didn't know. We don't know if Jesus kind of um, shielded himself to them. But when they heard the words, cast the net on the other side of the boat, that should have sparked something. They just did it. Actually, it should have reminded Peter about the time that Jesus said, launch out to the deep and let down your nets for a catch. He should have thought right there, hey, I think that might be Jesus again. But they've done it. They've gone back fishing, right? And now they do it, as we read in the scripture, and they catch so many fish. But I wrote this down. How do you not recognize that it's Jesus? How do you not know? You heard him teach for three and a half years. You've heard his voice. You've been eyewitnesses of all of these events. Yet in that last week of running, he's now appeared to you three different times times showing himself and you don't recognize that it's him after the resurrection so here's a great thought for all of us 
that we need to know, regardless of if we're in a situation possibly like Peter, thinking that he's just going to go back to his own trade, maybe they're discouraged. Maybe they don't know what to do next. The very presence of God is with them in every single circumstance. In fact, as a believer, we need to remember this. Even in the most difficult parts of our life, the hardest parts of our life that we don't think God is even around, God is right there, right? God is right there. We just haven't looked for it. In fact, I'd encourage you to sit down and think through some time. You may be like, oh, I don't want to think back to that time. No, I bet God was somewhere at work there. We just didn't pay attention because he's on the shore and he's actually talking out, out to them. In fact, it's interesting that Peter would say in Luke, he says, Master, we've done this all night long. Well, you're not a very good fisherman if you haven't caught fish. But this is something supernatural that's going on. We read this in verse 11. Simon Peter went up, dragged the net to land, full of large fish, 153. And although they were, they were so many, the net was not broken. Peter jumped... It's funny that Peter's got his coat off, puts it on, and jumps in the water, right? Usually you take your coat off, jump in the water. He puts it on, jumps in the water. He wants to swim to the Lord. He helps drag in the fish. There was a young man when I was, doing, when I was a youth pastor. His name was Howard Gorder. And I think we used this example of 153 fish. And Howard went home, and the smart kid, he underlined in the Bible that there were 153 individuals that are mentioned in the Gospels. Well, I don't know about that, right? I think you're going to miss several. I think it was a good try. I think we try to figure these things out, right? 153, okay. Oh, he mentioned this guy. He mentioned that one. So I thought about that. We don't know exactly why that exact number was mentioned. But again, as I mentioned before, I was looking at this in a different way. 153 fish that's specifically mentioned for us in the Bible. Jesus didn't need the fish. He's already cooking fish for them, right? He's already cooking fish. He's already got something prepared for them, even when they don't understand his voice. But I thought about this. Um, they probably thought, what are we going to do with all these fish? We can set up the marketplace and sell them, right? We could sell them. You know, we're going back to our old fishing trade. Um, we could eat. Oh, that's a lot to eat, a lot of fish to eat. We could give them away, right? There's all these different type of things. Well, Jesus had already set up on the shore fires of a coal. Now, I don't believe this. We don't know. I don't believe that Jesus just went, bam, right? And there it was. I think if those of you that do charcoal, you know, it takes 15, 20 minutes or so to get those coals hot. Somehow he got fish. He's baking for them bread. So, I mean, I, I look at this and think, you know, he, it's taken him 30, 45 minutes or so. He's calling out to them. And yet when they finally come in, he's already prepared to spend time and have fellowship with them. He already says to them, come and eat breakfast. Come and eat breakfast. Interesting that Jesus, uh, we won't look at it, I encourage you to read this later in verses 15 through 19, that Jesus takes Peter aside. And Jesus begins to speak to Peter about him loving Jesus. In fact, the three times that he mentions, I always think of it's the three times because he denied him. 
wanting to make sure that that love was there, but he's wanting then to tell Peter, feed my lambs, tend to my sheep, feed my sheep. But he says this over and over, and I think this is a good one for us. Do you love me? Do you love me? We all know what it's like when um, our children get in a little issue with another student or a neighbor or something. What's the first thing you want to do? You want to go and defend them, right? Yeah, you let them know. I'll meet them at their car after school. Uh-huh. Uh, my, I remember my daughter was going to a, uh, one of those like Sadie Hawkins, you know, the guy asks the girl. Is that Sadie Hawkins? And um, so she's going out with this guy. He was a big kid. And um, we're sitting in the living room talking, and she looks at her phone. Oh, he's here, so I'm, I'm going to go outside, and I'm going to leave. I'm like, oh, no, he's coming in the house. You text him back. My dad wants to talk to you. So here, knock on the door a little while later. Here comes this kid in, inside, and so I had him there because I, I, I want to talk to him, right? I, wanna, I just want to kind of hear some things, and we figured out after he left, no, this, this guy, I'm going to keep my eyes on this guy. We had another young man that uh, my daughter went to another state. Maybe don't do Sadie Hawkins. They just don't end up very good. Another young man that my daughter went with the Sadie Hawkins seemed like everything went good until he texted her and said, do you want me to send you some explicit pictures of myself? And I said, give me the phone because I'm going to answer him back and let him know that those explicit pictures are going to be removed off of you. Right? That's that type of uh, uh, he never replied ever again. Right. Now, we do those things and we think, you know, we stand up. But here Jesus is saying these things to Peter. Peter, do you love me? No. Do you love me? Do you love me? Feed my lambs. Feed the little ones. Not too soon later or in a little bit, there's going to be 3,000 lambs that accept Jesus. Uh, Tend to my sheep. Feed my sheep, Peter. Do you love me? In fact, he uses this word in verse 19. He keeps using that word, follow me. Now, they don't know what that means. Do they know all the events are going to take place? They don't know. They, they just know now Jesus is kind of possibly, he's coming back and forth. He's going up to the Father and he's coming back down. They don't know every plan that's now going to be laid out, but he wants them to follow his voice. In fact, Jesus will say it again when you can read later in verse 22. He says, um, don't worry about John. I like when, when uh, he says that. How's this guy going to die? Because he just told me I'm going to be girded. Don't worry about him. You follow me, right? You follow me. That's what Jesus was getting. Fo- follow me, Peter. Be concerned about me. Despite Peter's failure, Jesus knew the perfect plan that was laid out for Peter. And here's the thing. It had never changed. The denials didn't change it. The action of going back fishing didn't change it. Peter was supposed to be a fisher of men. That's what he is. And that's what Jesus brought back together. That um, follow me. Well, then we read later in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Let me uh, mention this last verse. Acts 1, 8. They don't know what to do. Like, what do you do? What, what do we do now with Jesus? Like, what, what are the things that we do? He used to send us out two by two. 
right? He used to tell us what to do. What do we do? Well, Jesus' own words are these, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem. They don't know how that's all going to work out, but here's what, in Jerusalem and Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. So it's interesting that Jesus says you're going to receive power. And what we notice that they know to do and just do until that time is they gather together and they begin to pray. So think about Jesus's kingdom, if you can grasp this for a minute. I, I always think this is a good analogy for us. Um, his kingdom has no end. It's an eternal kingdom. He's king of kings and lord of lords. As we read that verse earlier, God owns everything, right? It's all his. But Jesus said, I don't have enough workers in my kingdom. I can't get enough workers. In fact, I threw a feast and sent out invitations, and nobody came. So I told people to go on out and just drag people in. Pull them out of the bushes, right? Bring, bring them in, and we'll have them. I have a narrow gate. My gate's narrow, right? It's hard to get in. There's a wide gate that leads to destruction. Or Jesus is saying there's more people going to hell than are going to heaven. So we read all of these things about his kingdom. He owns no property. He doesn't have a church building. He doesn't have a ministry headquarters. He doesn't have a fleet of vehicles. But his kingdom was set up in our hearts. He sent the Holy Spirit to lead and guide us to show us those things to come or to show us the steps to take, right? The steps to take, but we've got to make sure that we follow them. You shall receive power. I don't know if they knew exactly what that all meant, but here's what they knew. That was step one. We have to have that power. But I want us to think of this just for a minute and we'll close. If Jesus pulled you aside just like he did Peter, what do you think he'd say to you? Bow your heads if you would with me. Think about that for a minute. Jesus pulls you aside. There's six other disciples. There's 153 fish. What are the things that he would say? Are there areas about you getting back on track? Are there areas about steps that you need to take? And because the most important thing in all of our lives is that we listen to Jesus, that we listen. So Father, we, we pray today that you would, today, tomorrow, this week specifically, pull us aside, sit us down, speak to our hearts, direct our steps, align us to what you have. Lord, even if you need to speak it to me three different times in three different ways so that I get it, I'll do that. I'll follow you. In fact, those words that Jesus again says to Peter, really to all of us, don't worry about this person or that person or what's going on here and there. You follow me. And with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, if you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life. It really is the beginning. And though the prayer is simple, 
Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10 let us know that we are to confess it with our mouth and we're to believe it in our hearts. So if you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life or this is an opportunity and a time to come back to him today, let's all pray this prayer and would you repeat these words with me? Lord Jesus, please forgive me of all my sins. I open up the door of my heart and I choose to make you the Lord of my life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Before we do this one song of worship, Revelation 3.20, uh, it's interesting. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. The uh, King James that I learned it in years ago says, he'll come in and sup with you. Our language is, he'll come in and dine with you. Back, we see this often, we see this in the early church, the coming together of fellowship and dining together, Jesus wanted to have that time, whether it was on the beach, whether it was opening the doors of our heart for him to come in, whether it was other opportunities, he wanted to come in and have that fellowship. It was so important, it meant everything to him. So stand with me if you would. We're going to close uh, with this song today.